this summer, I guess, um, is a weird way to say that. Um, yeah. It looks like it might rain, and if it does, we have a tent over our heads, so thank goodness. Um, there is currently like three or four events happening at the same time in the building in different rooms, um, but that's okay because in the summer, as long as it's not like 100 degrees or storming, uh, it's, I like being outside, so I think we'll probably try to be outside as much as we can. Um, the, tonight was kind of a general hang. Uh, we have uh, some themes for the future ones, and the theme will permeate both, hopefully, the snack, if we can come be creative, uh, and also the games. Uh, now, it, when you hear themes, I'm not, it's not like Spirit Week. I don't, I don't need you to like dress up and commit. If you really want to, you can. That's totally fine. But I don't require it of, the, of you, okay? So if you go to the next one, Luke. Uh, the schedule uh, to tonight, the kickoff, general, hanging. Uh, next week it is Pirate Night, uh, and I won't tell you exactly what that looks like, but I will tell you it's going to be fun. Um, and if you want to dress like a pirate, you can, but you're not required to play the pirate games. Um, then on June 30th, we have Field Day, kind of uh, like, I think we're going to do like Capture the Flag and a couple other kind of things. Uh, and this is on our Instagram, so if, if you um, need to look at this, reference it again, that's where it is. Uh, we have Country Night on July 7th, July 4th week. So you could take country two ways. You could be like, you know, patriotic. You could be cowboys. Yep, Jacob's going cowboy hat. Uh, and um, Luke, where's Luke? Are you speaking that week or are you trying to do like a yeehaw music situation? Third one, one, two, three. So we might have some, some yeehaw country worship, uh, courtesy of Luke Clark that week. No promises, but maybe. Beach Night. 14th, I think we'll, Brett is, wants to do some like water games. I don't know what that means, but so we'll, let, we'll give you a heads up on that one if you need to bring a towel or, or a bathing suit or whatnot. And the last one uh, will be like, we'll have dinner. We'll just grill out and have food and, and hang out for our last one of the summer. And then we'll take a few weeks off until school starts. And you don't need to know about that yet because school just ended. We don't need to talk about school starting yet. School just ended. Um, but so you saw six summer nights there on the schedule, and at, at those six, we'll have some fun and games in the first half uh, related to the topic of the, of the evening. Uh, but then second half, we will still, it'll still look a lot like SM night from the school year if you were at those. If this is your first time, then this is kind of general structure uh, is, is what the summers will look like. So right now, we're going to move into kind of the more serious half. Uh, and and uh, one of us, one of the staff, will have a, uh, will give it a talk, and then we'll break out into small groups. Uh, because it's the summer, small groups might look a little different each week, depending on how many of you in each grade there are and how many of us as leaders there are. So bear with us. We'll figure that out at the end. But tonight, what I wanted to do was kind of set up the summer series that we are going to be looking at. And um, we are going to be looking at these things uh, that you can find in the gospel called parables. Uh, and um, so we're looking at some stories this summer, uh, the parables of Jesus. Do you guys, when I say parable, does everybody kind of know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if yes. I feel like, so put your hands down. Raise your hand if no. Nice. I, honesty, almost. I like it. Um, uh, so uh, parable, we'll get to what that is exactly in a little bit. Um, but essentially, it, it is a story 
uh, that comes alongside a point or a truth that is trying to be conveyed. And Jesus often told, uh, gave examples or analogies as a parable in the Gospels. And a lot of times uh, these, these truths kind of went over the head of the people that he was telling them to uh, as they came in parable form. And that kind of made me think of, um, have you guys ever played or done the little thing, two truths and a lie? You know what I'm talking about when I say that? Okay, so I'm going to hit you with three facts right now. One of them is a lie. Just kind of generally tell me which one you think is a lie, okay? So I, they're all about me because I didn't want to make up lies about you guys. That would be rude. So um, first thing, uh, I was born in Bermuda. Second thing, I bought those inflatables with chapel money. Didn't rent them. Straight cash, homie, bought them. The third thing is I once drank seven Monster Energy drinks in a single day. Those are the three things. Think them over. I was born in Bermuda. I bought those inflatables, not rented them. Or I once drank seven monsters in a single day. Okay, you've thought about it. Raise your hand if you think that born in Bermuda was the lie. Okay, that's a, a big amount. Raise your hand if you think I bought the inflatables today, not rented them is the lie. Okay, and now raise your hand if you think I once drank seven monsters in a single day was the lie. I, lo I love that that's the smallest one. That, that makes me, that, I've never been more proud of you guys. Okay, so the lie is that I bought those inflatables. I actually did rent them. I'm not an animal. So the truths was that I was born in Bermuda and I did one time drink seven monsters in a day. Long story, but I needed them and that's all you need to know, okay? I needed to them. I hadn't slept in a few days and I was driving a bus back on a missions trip and it was safety first, you know? I needed to be awake to drive the bus. So, um, okay. <laughs> so one of the things in that, like, like even I just explaining the context behind and I was born in Bermuda. I don't know if you need context for that one. But um, the, the thing about the monsters that I, I feel like I, uh, that a lot of you didn't believe or did believe that I would do that, I appreciate, is that I feel like it oftentimes, whether you believe it's true or not, it requires the context of the scene, right? Like if I just told you, yeah, on this random day I drank seven monster energy drinks, you'd be like, that guy's insane. Like why would he do that to himself? But if the context of like, I had been up the night before all night with a student in the hospital, uh, and I had only slept like three hours a night that last five nights before that on this trip because crazy things kept going wrong. You'd be like, oh, he probably needed that to get back safely. So the context around the truth is important regardless of whether, um, regardless of if you believe it at first. Uh, for example, another missions trip of, of, of old uh, story that came to mind when I, I couldn't, it was taking me a long time to think of anything and then I had uh, too many stories. Um, but one time when I was in Nicaragua on a missions trip, um, we had to call someone's mom from Nicaragua to tell them that we had to take their son, uh, who I was in high school, so I wasn't doing any of the calling. This is my friend. Um, we had to take, the, they had to, the staff had to call their, this mom and say that you, we had to take your son to the hospital, okay, in Nicaragua. Uh, and so this conversation, like, you obviously say, start with, hey, here's a fact, right? Here's something that's true. We had to take your son to the hospital. And then that re probably requires more, right? You can't just, okay, bye, like, hang up, right? If, you, if your son or, or was in Nicaragua, you'd want more than that. Then so more, they're going to be fine. Everything's totally okay. It's not a near-death thing. Just needed to call and felt like we needed to let you know. And then you get to that third point of like where you're 
clearly been like hoping she'd be like, oh yeah, no problem, I'll talk to you later. But like you need to get to that more context part. And it's actually, yeah, he was up a tr he had climbed a tree with a machete to clear limbs and accidentally uh, put the machete into his arm and not the tree. Uh, and so that's why we had to call. Um, he was fine. He was totally fine. Stitch Nicaraguan stitches hold just as good as American stitches, okay? Um, but it was like, I could, you could see, I, could, I was watching uh, the staff person who had to call his mom, and you could see that he was like, okay, I'm going to let out a little bit of the truth. Okay, she seems like she needs more. Okay, I'll, I'll guess I'll go to this one. Like, he did not want to get to the part where he had to be like, yeah, he hit himself in the arm with a machete because I let him climb a tree with a machete. Um, that's not the thing that he wanted to get to, like we trying to dole it out. So it's like this mother got the same truth each time, each step was a new part of that same story, truthful story. But each, uh, each level of the doling out of that truth, right, led to kind of different feelings and consequences, even though it was all part of the same thing. So this, uh, this summer, we're going to be studying parables, like I said, that Jesus told in the Gospels. We're going to start the first few are in Matthew, uh, and they're all in actually the same chapter of Matthew. And I wanted to look at these single parables. Uh, we'll kind of do a parable a week after this, but tonight I kind of wanted to look at this bigger picture of this idea of the purpose of parables themselves and ask a question that uh, in this passage we're going to look at, the disciples actually asked of Jesus, uh, which was, why do you speak? in parables, because sometimes even if what we're hearing Jesus tell in this parable uh, makes sense to us, even if we're like, okay, this story and the truth behind this story makes sense to us, we don't always see the full picture, even if we feel like I, I get enough of it, right? Have you ever heard something uh, in school or in church, uh, and you're like, I kind of get that, but if you had asked me to explain it back to you, I don't know if I could. Like, you know what I'm talking about when you have something like that? Like, I feel like in the Gospels, Jesus is telling these parables to these crowds, and these people are like, uh-huh, 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 and then it's like, what did, can you, like, give me a synopsis of that? And they're like, no, I can't. Like, I, I have no idea what was going on. And so we're going to kind of look at a, a moment in between Jesus telling seven different parables in Matthew chapter 13 of the disciples asking him this question of why not just say it more clearly, like, why are you speaking in parables? Uh, and so we'll jump in it in verse 10, and here it goes. It says, Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, it is their case, it, indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. There's one more at the last bit. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and hear what you hear and did not hear it. And you might be thinking to yourself, that is almost more confusing 
the explanation of why Jesus speaks in parables than the parable itself sometimes. And you're right, it is. And so uh, the hope is that this summer, as we take a deep dive into different parables to try to unpack them one at a time, is that we can kind of get a glimpse at kind of how the parable works, how um, what lies beneath it, the truth of the kingdom of heaven, the truth of what and who Jesus is that lies beneath these stories. And I was reading a, a commentary about this passage, and, and he kind of broke it down like this in the book that I was looking at. So he said, imagine you're a small child, right? Like five, six, seven years old. And you have uh, the seed of an oak tree, right? And you're going to plant this oak tree. Uh, and now, do you guys know when I say oak tree, like, are you picturing in your mind, like, huge, giant, like, oak trees? Okay, so you're a small child, and you plant the seed of what will become an oak tree, right? But oak trees take 50, 75, 100 years to get to the size of what you're imagining as a, like a mighty oak tree is. So if as a five-year-old, you're planting that, there's a good chance that you're never going to see it as a mighty oak in the forest. And in the Old Testament, the prophets that came before Jesus' coming was, were kind of like those kids who they were planting the seed of what was to come, the seed of the kingdom of heaven, the seeds of what Jesus and who Jesus was going to be. But they were not around for his arrival, right? Now, you say that same small child is, is standing next to a, a huge oak tree, right? It's like, 150 years old, it's, you know, I don't even know what a realistic dimension of an oak tree would be, but let's say it's like 100 feet tall. Does that seem high enough? Maybe not. 300 feet tall? It's huge. 120? Okay, I believe you. Uh, 120. Let's say it's 120 feet tall. That seems like a lot. Um, and you're that same five, six, seven-year-old child, and you, you planted the seed, and then you saw what it was going to become, right? But you're not seeing all of that middle part. And and uh, this, this author, this biblical commentator was kind of saying the, the, the kid standing next to the giant already grown mighty oak tree is kind of like the disciples and the crowds and, and us, the people who came or were around uh, not uh, when Jesus was being prophesied 400 years before, um, but with Jesus there present with see, and the disciples seeing Jesus walking with him getting to learn from him, right? They're kind of like that, like a kid where you recognize that seeds were planted and that things had to come before, but you don't really need to think about that if you're seeing the 100, you can't appreciate all of that growth if you are a five-year-old and you just see a 150-year-old tree, right? You're just kind of, this is the tree, this is what it is. You're not experiencing all that came before the tree got to be that size. And I know in a talk about parables, I'm deep in a metaphor about oak trees and growth over time and all that kind of stuff. But essentially what I'm saying is the disciples being like that child, only seeing Jesus getting to experience the kingdom of heaven there and now, they weren't around for the growth from the beginning, right? So Jesus is telling these stories that, that probably need both aspects of, of understanding, right? That you need to have some... Uh, experience, uh, you need to have some, not experience isn't the right word, there's another E word that I, I'm blanking on, um, appreciation, not an E word, but close, um, you need to have some appreciation for what came before, the, the people who planted the seeds, the prophets of old, the Old Testament, all that there, that was, 
and has been up until this point, but you also need to take uh, into appreciate, uh, nope, now, now, uh, ah, man, I'm, this word is doing this to me. You also need to take into account, same letter, totally different thing, um, and take into account what is happening with Jesus' kingdom and what will come down the road. And so essentially what the disciples are asking is why do you tell them parables? But more than that, it's why are you telling parables that people mostly seem to only partly understand, right? It's not that people can't kind of understand what he's talking about in the parable. It's that there doesn't seem to be that many people who f- have full comprehension of that. Like I said, in, thir- in chapter 13 of Matthew, Jesus is telling seven parables, all aimed at explaining what the kingdom of heaven is like and what it brings with it. And there's kind of two things that he kind of gets through throughout that chapter, and we'll look at them specifically in later weeks, two things that the kingdom of heaven brings with it, and that's mercy and that's judgment, okay? And so the mercy is that, is that idea of the new, right? The new seed, the new sprout of life of the growing oak in that uh, tree analogy, right? It's the new life that Jesus brings to all of us, that mercy, but there's also judgment, right? And part of that judgment that is kind of in, inherently baked into all of this is that is in that Isaiah uh, quote that Jesus quotes to the disciples, right? The, that, which is a seed laid hundreds of years before Jesus is reciting that to the disciples. Um, and, he's, and he's reiterating it as well, that people will look and listen to what he is doing, to what the kingdom of heaven is all about, but they will not see and they will not hear the truth of what it is about and what Jesus says he is. The judgment must come, right? It must be yielded to new life, but not without that old, uh, of what was helping it get to that point. And luckily for us, right, there is judgment, yes, but there is that mercy, and, and the mercy comes with Jesus being willing to take the brunt of that judgment for us. Parables are not simple nice, friendly stories that we, that we often hear about in, in uh, elementary school and children's church, right? Parables are about truth. Parables are about what God is doing, what God has done, and what God will do through Jesus and, and in and through our lives as well. And the truth often comes to us, much like the parable, a little confusing in a little unexpected way. As I said before, parable means to cast along Side, to come alongside the truth of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is talking about here. And chapter 13 has seven parables back to back to back to back to back with this little bit that we've read already in the middle there. And then when you get to the end of the chapter, a chapter that is often called the mysteries of the kingdom because it's so many parables all trying to explain this unexplainable thing of what the kingdom of heaven is like. You see verse 51 and 52, and I think that's kind of where uh, Jesus explains even more than he did in that section we've read. So he says, have you understood all these things? And they said to him, yes. And he said, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. See, I think in this two verses here, it means that we hear these truths of God, it's not just understanding them, it's not just kind of hearing and, and seeing, but it's uh, recognizing that we have a responsibility that comes with that understanding. I think that as we look through these next five weeks of parables, I think that this kind of through line 
is there. There's three things that I think we can find in every parable uh, that parables teach us to do. The parables teach us to see the truth, show the truth, and share the truth. And I think um, uh, each one of those little quote words there, scribe, trained, and master of the house, comes from that verse 51, 52, and it kind of help us get to that part. So see the truth. A scribe was a person in this time whose purpose was to preserve the law, study it, and apply its truth to daily life. They eventually... The scribes got so wrapped up in that, in, in his, preserving what was that they ignored what is. They totally forgot uh, to pay attention to what was happening around them in the present time. We are called to see the truth, to continue to look into it by relationship with Jesus in studying God's word. Essentially, see the truth. We are called to learn and continue learning. There can never be enough that we can learn about Jesus, about what he is, uh, about who he is for us. Parables help teach us to see the truth. Number two, they help us, they teach us to show the truth, right? Talking about trained. The scribe seeing the truth, right, em emphasizes learning, but the trained emphasizes living. To show the truth, to live out our faith, not just have the answers to questions about what the Bible says, but to live out what the Bible says as well. But there must be a balance. Oftentimes, we only focus on one or the other, learning or living uh, these truths in the Bible, but we overemphasize one at the detriment of the other. Actions don't always speak louder than words, but they should always come alongside and, and help hold them up, right? Our actions and our, our knowledge of what the Bible is and our Actions of how we live out what the Bible is should, should work together, not one overpowering the other. See the truth, show the truth, and share the truth. Uh, that last line about the master of the house uh, is, is a steward who guards the treasure, right? But he doesn't just guard the treasure. We don't just guard what we know about how, uh, what we, how we learn from the Bible and how we live out the Bible. We share with those who need it. We bring out both the old and the new treasures, the things that have come before to this point of what we know in our faith and our relationship with Jesus and all that will come later that will be new alongside the old. We share that truth with everyone that we come across that might need to hear it. Parables tell us to see the truth, show the truth, and share the truth. And uh, as we read these parables over the next few weeks, um, hopefully we can find the truth in each one that will help us not just learn more about what Jesus has to say. Get up yet? Because uh, we're going to do some configuring with the small groups uh, based on who's here right now. But let's pray first. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together uh, to, to continue to learn more about what it is uh, you say in, in the Gospels and not just learn more, God, but, but to, to learn how to live out that truth as well. God, we love you so much. We're thankful uh, that for this weather. We're thankful for this community that we get to gather together. Uh, and it's in your name we all pray. Amen.